welcome back to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. I'm Jonathan, along with my co-host Roland, and you're about to hear part two of our conversation with Adam, also known as Krug Smash. Just a bit of meta here, I'm going to do my best to release these episodes now every two weeks on Sundays. Uh, this has been a bit of a learning experience, but I think that most of the kinks have been worked out, and I do hope that things become much more regular now. So, I hope you enjoy the show. So, at the end of last episode, uh, Roland teased a subject that he didn't know that we had time to get into uh, mm -hmm. in that episode, and that was, turns out to be Forgotten Beasts. Ooh, my favorite. Yeah, I know it's your favorite. Um, you have uh, painted so many of them, and they too are my favorite. Um, I mean, where else can you get like a feathery chinchilla, whatever thing that wants to eat your dwarfs, right? Oh, you gotta love it. Gotta. <laughs> and you have all also to remember that everything um, is just enormous, so it's not like in life-sized chinchilla but it's like a bus-sized chinchilla <laughs> towering <laughs> yeah it's whew. um and you know the mod um forgot the name um uh dwarf portrait oh yeah yeah yep yeah and um that mod is in the lazy new pack and um it shows you how a creature looks in not really an artistic way, but more of a, uh, it's it's quite interesting to look at, to be uh, honest. Terrifying, I think, is the word that you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, especially if you look at angels or demons. Oh, yeah. But this mod also shows you every single uh, forgotten beast that existed in your world. And... I think they don't even uh, get removed from the list if they die. I tried. Um, they don't get removed, so I'm fairly sure that they just stay on the list. And I have one world where I have um, everything made for evil, because I like evil biomes, as you heard. Mm -hmm. I'm a psychopath. Yeah. psychopath yeah. Um, yeah, and I have a lot of Forgotten Beasts, and when I scroll down through the list, I have like I don't know, 250, uh, I scroll for a minute through all the Forgotten Beasts and I know exactly that like a third of them will maybe come around to my fort and a third is still like so many. <laughs> and especially when you look at them, you, you get these wonderful descriptions, you know, and it's it's like, all the bee beasts and all the animals just mash together in some hydras thingy. And you can get like, I don't know, elephants that spray webs. Just try to imagine that. <laughs> I love to. I love I love the challenge. It's crazy. I remember the first time I had encountered a forgotten beast. It was in you know, some long ago forgotten fortress. I dug down to the caverns. And I think it might have been my first time down there. And I, there was a ramp that led down into a pool of water. And in the water was a dead forgotten beast. And I don't remember how I saw its description, but it had feathers and it was a snail. And it was just dead in the water. And I didn't know what the hell a forgotten beast was. I didn't know that was a part of the game. 
And so <laughs> I was like, is this thing going to come to life and kill my dwarves? I, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. And so, you know, for years I was just playing through the game and just being wary of this forgotten beast. Eventually I just kind of ignored the thing. And I was like, all right, it just must be some dead thing. Maybe you can encounter these corpses down in the caverns of like a fossil or something, you know, something that lived long ago. And then out of the blue, a forgotten beast attacked me. I don't, I don't know what the hell kind of was at this point, but you know, I was like, oh my God, these things are alive. They can attack you. This is terrible. <laughs> but it was great. You know? I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I had one instance where I tried to get some candy, but I was way too greedy. And <laughs> um, so I had uh, a mild clown infestion. And why I tried to manage that to some point, which didn't work, obviously, um, a forgotten beast attacked. And uh, the fun thing was the forgotten beast was a blob of vomit, I think. Mm -hmm. And all the demons that attacked were actually uh, filth brutes. So I had this fight between a blob of vomit and a humanoid composed of filth and grime it was well, wonderful. That's a goddamn mess right there. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. I actually um, cut some uh, screenshots and edited together in a fairly bad editing. Uh, yeah, I, I uploaded it to uh, Reddit, but got quite ignored. It's a shame. What the hell? <laughs> it's a mess. Who wouldn't love to see that? Fantastic. Um, yeah, I think the last thing uh, I remember about the board was actually that everyone died except for one bard. It wasn't even in my civilization, but for some, uh, for, for some reason my, my fortress didn't crumble to an end. Huh. And uh, so I just stayed there and the, the grime and vomit was still fighting underground, you know? This was still going on, and just one bard going in, uh, around the tavern alone and just drinking out the barrels, and was like, "Hey, I'm alone. I don't have now." And um, while the fight was going on, my turkeys actually spouted so many pools that um, I think I ended with uh, three hundred something uh, turkeys. And it lagged my computer to the point that I actually had to um, return my fortress. Not because it crumbled to an end, even though I hadn't had anything left in it. Or because demon, uh, demons attacked my fortress. But <laughs> because turkeys would not stop to lay eggs. <laughs> I mean, can we just take a second and appreciate that Dwarf Fortress has spawned us a scene where a lone bard in a turkey-infested fortress was drinking by himself while armies of filth and vomit were fighting far beneath the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, but this instance actually gave me some kind of paranoia or fear against turkeys, even in real life. Yeah, I suppose that would happen. 
and I don't really like turkeys anymore in the game. I'm I'm sure. I, I know that they are good egg layers, you know, but I tend to slaughter them in the first year because uh, no, no, not again. PTSD, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> missed most of that conversation about forgotten beasts uh, i came in at the end where turkeys are terrorizing roland yeah yeah exactly um i can give you like a shortcut of it oh that's okay that's okay i will i will hear it i'm sure on the uh, on the editing process so. <laughs> okay fine but well this way you don't have anything to add to it but okay i am very much still a dwarf fortress newbie and i'm a little bit ashamed to say that I actually have not run into a forgotten beast in real life. Well, <laughs> in real life? Well, oh, God. No. <laughs> you see, one of the things about Krug Smash videos is that they have given me a little bit more confidence in actually going into caverns and taking on the beast because I was one of those and have been one of those players who, as soon as they hit a cavern, wall it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you, don't want them, you don't want them getting in there and killing all your dwarves which at this at this point in my in my proficiency with the game that still probably will happen but one of the weird and neat things that i that i really like about especially uh monster killer is you took your fortress and moved it to the cavern yeah <laughs> yeah like, pretty wild suicidal it, it was it actually was though because Monster Killer was actually supposed to be a short, and so I, the way I was playing it was incredibly suicidal. I figured we'll live in the caverns and we'll just fight every single forgotten beast that shows up, and we didn't end up dying. <laughs> so I mean that's that's the reason it went on for so long is, you know, I, I eventually uh, started caring for the damn place and actually started taking care of the dwarves, but. You know, it, it was originally supposed to just to die out, like, within one or two episodes. And that does raise the question. Are Forgotten Beasts in the current release of Dwarf Fortress not as challenging as they once were? I'm trying to think. There's been a few changes. When I first started playing Monster Killer, from what I understand, the aggression of the beasts was a little screwed up. Like, they wouldn't go for your dwarves sometimes. And so at one point I had updated and they did become more deadly in the series. You could see that. I think we fought some sort of a bird or something and it gassed all my dwarves and a few of them died. Yeah, I recall that. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, this, this what's going to happen. That's how it's going to be, huh? But up to that point, you know, we were knocking those things out of the park left and right. <laughs> Certain forgotten beasts can show up and demolish your dwarves in the right situation. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. And... Like, you know, so many other ones, they'll just show up and it's like, not, they'll just fall apart. Like, they'll walk into your caverns and a child will walk up and slap them and they'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> like, ones made out of, like, snow, say, they'll just fall apart, no problem. Or even ones made out of fire. It's usually not a problem either, because the, the problem comes from, you know, they're starting fires all over the place and those can engulf your dwarves. But having them made out of fire, it means they're basically made out of just air and they'll just fall apart. It also means that you can't put them on a pedestal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the worst beast I've ever counted was some kind of small bird. 
that sprayed webs and I didn't add any uh, markswolves, so I knew that my squads would all die, but I hoped that they might get one lucky shot at the, uh, at the bird. Mm. But it, it turned out that the bird hovered over my dwarves instead of coming down and just sprayed them uh, with webs until they couldn't move anymore. And I don't know, like 10 minutes after, and I had no dwarves left in my entire fortress. Those webs, they are terrible. They are terrible. Big time. You have to get a lucky hit in or else you're losing everything, basically. Yeah. It's either webs or uh, f f extract, I think, because extract um, causes syndromes, and some of them are really, really fun. I mean, dizziness is... Like, who cares if your dwarves are dizzy, you know? But, for example, imagine an extract that can stun your dwarves several minutes. And that's horrible if they are in fight and uh, they punch the beast, get stunned for several minutes. Like, I like to imagine they, they still in the pose of punching, you know? Like, <laughs> completely stunned. Frozen place. Stone. Yeah, you know. The beast can just go ahead and kill them. They, they can't do anything against it. Or if it's uh, some kind of extract that causes rotting or necrosis, mm -hmm. uh, especially your cats will get into that and just die of necrosis all over. It's, it's yeah, horrible. It, it can be real bad, definitely. I had one where um, it was pretty interesting. I sprayed gas all over the place, and the dwarves fought the creature absolutely fine. But then after combat, they started falling asleep. And, like, they were just wandering around the, the fortress like normal, and then they started getting, I think, dizzy, and then they would fall asleep for several days, and then they would just wake up spontaneously. And, you know, it's inoffensive, but it's still interesting. Like, you know, what else, what are the limits of these these gases? <laughs> you know, what can happen? I, I don't really know. I haven't looked into it that much, I guess. Miasma is pretty, uh, is pretty nasty, too. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. It makes your dwarves although... miserable. <laughs> Although not nearly as so as, as the poison gas that wiped out a few of your dwarves, you know, 20 turns later, after mm. everything seemed to be just fine, they start dropping. It looks like we're good. Fortress explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with with the fortress that I have just recently started, I am actually planning on, and this may be silly, but you know what? It's a game. That's, that's why you play it, to have fun. Mm. So I'm going to actually be a little more brave whenever it comes to exploring the caverns and try to do some mining down there and 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 just see what happens that's how you get to good stories though by yeah. by really pushing the limit you know the best way to play i think is to play on like the razor's edge between safety and danger i guess you know <laughs> be safe but only just barely safe keeps things interesting yeah and you might even make an enemy for life. Me and troglodytes, for example. <laughs> well, if I run into a troglodyte on the street, I probably will be his enemy. Uh, <laughs> on the street? Just glaring Just at each other. <laughs> Walking down the street, minding my own business, and a troglodyte comes up and hits me. Yeah, that would do it. That's an enemy right there.
So the big announcement in the Dwarf Fortress community over the last couple of weeks was that um, that they are going to release, uh, you being Bay 12 Games, is going to release Dwarf Fortress on Steam and Itch.io. Which it's is super a, exciting. It's a, a move away from how they've how they've done things in the past. A huge move. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm very glad for them. I'm 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 really hoping that 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 this can get Tarn Adams some um some some cash actually. <laughs> so. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I'm I'm very sure it will, especially since uh, it's announced. So it's not this kind of obscure game uh, to download somewhere on the internet. You know, you can just. Of course, it's not free anymore on, on, on Steam, but that's fine. That's fine. It's, it is now on Steam, so it is now in the light of vision of gamers, you know? So, so we it, might actually get an, um, more people playing. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, definitely. I, I had no idea where to download it even. I think... Uh, I, I came to the game over Joel, right? And um, I think he, he said something about Bay 12, and I was like, tell me more about that. And I had to dive into the net for a whole day until I actually found Bay 12, because I had no idea what to actually search for. And then I I found the game, and I was like, and I started it up, and I had no idea. And then Damn. <laughs> yeah. I first came into a, I first heard about, or actually first decided to download and play Dwarf Fortress after I heard the interview on Roguelike Radio with Tarn Adams. And I, I'll put the, uh, the, the episode number in the show notes, but they did a hour long interview with Tarn uh, on Roguelike Radio. And the fact that his life was what I, at one point, aspired my life to be, uh, that just really, really turned into and Tarn Adams himself because he sleeps till noon, gets up, codes, does his email, <laughs> codes until four o'clock in the morning, goes to bed, wakes up, wash, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> There is a certain appeal there. It's hard to explain, but I can understand it definitely. I cannot live that sort of life right now. I've got a wife and a fourteen-year-old daughter, and and that was my at one point my fantasy life. Well, it still is mine. <laughs> so yeah, Adam, if you want to start off with an episode of a of a roguelike radio, I really suggest that you use that, that you start with that one. I will again put that in the show notes. The episode. And uh, and link to to roguelike radio. Well, I'll certainly sure. be taking a listen. <laughs> I'm not sure if you have you played roguelikes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Familiar. So they, they only produced I think two episodes last year, but uh, from about 2011, I think roguelike radio first started making episodes. They were doing uh, monthly episodes for for quite a few years. It's kind of trailed off now. Hmm. Uh, you'll get an episode maybe once every six months now, but they're still in my feed then. So one thing that I, that I hope I'm hoping that this doesn't lead to the shift of Dwarf Fortress into a more commercial light game. 
No, no, Lord, no. I wouldn't worry about that at all. I hear a lot of people scared about that, and I say put those fears to rest. Definitely. I do uh, like the fact that he committed to always having a free version of Dwarf Fortress that is vanilla Dwarf Fortress. And I can very much see, because of the way he's programmed it and the way that he uses his RAWs and the fact that modders have such a, I don't want to say easy time, but but modding is such a big part of the, the ecosystem of Dwarf Fortress, I can very much see how it could have parallel lines and have the Steam and Itch.io version of Dwarf Fortress just kind of be the blessed mods, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard a lot of people afraid that this new change will lead to dark things, that sort of stuff. But uh, I'm really not worried about it. Like, who knows what will happen? But, you know, the guy's been running the game since 2006, right? And the entire time, you know, it's not like he advertises it. He makes his money from uh, donations. And, you know, he makes it all publicly visible to people. And I don't know, he's, he's just... Look, he's got a real good on his shoulder, a real good head on his shoulders. Yeah, he's a Stanford PhD mathematician. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sir. I mean, he could, think about the things he could be doing, you know. And he's doing this this great thing, and you know, running off donations and providing a game for free. I've heard him say before. I forget where I read it, but like he likes having a game that people can play, even if they don't have the means to buy it, which. Come on, that's amazing. This day and age, you got to appreciate that. Oh, so yeah. much. So much. Yeah. I also love the sensibility of the game. The fact that it shows what could happen when you don't spend all of your time, money, and effort into producing slick graphics and instead put it into gameplay mechanism. <laughs> that you can have such a beautiful, you know, such a beautiful experience that and like i said i'm not deep into this game at all yet there is so much more that i have to explore and i still am just amazed at the immersion that you get whenever you play this game it's just awesome i'll tell you what i've been playing the game since 2011 i i really do feel like i've scratched the surface too you know like there's infinite stories that can come out of it, you know and i mean you never know what you're gonna see so you can play the game a thousand times and still see things that you've never seen before as soon as it gets released on Steam, I'll probably go ahead and and buy it and download it. If for no other reason, I want to see the uh, the, the the new graphics tile set that they've got for it. Oh, hang on! It's actually you, you can't buy it yet, um, but it's uh, on Steam already, so you can look at it on Steam. I don't looks- expect it will be over. I wouldn't think that it would be over. You know. I think maybe $20, if that. That's what maybe, they're thinking. That's, I've seen that yeah. posted a few places. Yeah. I think that's a good price point for it. Yeah, definitely. But the tire set looks so good. Oh, my God. It looks pretty darn good. Huh. Oh, my God. Here on the, um, the, the Steam side, there is, like, a, a disclaimer because there's some kind of violence in the game. And the description goes as follows. Dwarf Fortress contains detailed descriptions of violence and 2D sprites inflicting violence on each other. The dwarves also drink alcohol heavily and alcohol consumption is required for a fortress to run smoothly. 
Dwarfs can experience mental anguish, and in extreme cases, this can lead them taking their own lives or the life of others. <laughs> does that get it? A, does that get it a mature audience rating? <laughs> I think it actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it actually did it. I don't know. Oh, surely not. I mean. It's it's a lot less violent than a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> uh, childhood. And it is just 2D sprites after all. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. I am too. And I heard they will um, also on the uh, workshop on Steam, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you just have to click on stuff and uh, your game is modded. Which um, I am extremely excited for. That's one of the reasons I yes. don't use any mods because they're so darn finicky. Yes, yes. And especially if you can upload stuff in the workshop. Like, it, I don't know. It's still a raw based game on Steam, the version. But I would think it would have to be. It, it would have to be. Um, if so, I might be able to actually upload my own raw edit. To it and it's uh, wonderful love it that is such a big part of the ecosystem of people learning to play the game because it's a great you know one click install and boom you have it it'll be interesting to see if the commercial versions if you will constrain the the game to what is available in that version only or if you're going to be able to do the modifications yeah, yeah. From, from what I understand, the Steam release is going to be exactly the classic mode, just with a music and um, graphics and stuff. And so I was listening to his Discord the other day. He was on Discord. And from what I understand from that, he was saying that all the mods could be changeably. Great, great. Yeah, I missed that. I, f- I saw that that happened at like 11 o'clock at night after it was over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very sad. Yeah, I saw it the next day. I was like, damn. It's pretty exciting. All right. So, yeah, I'm excited. I hope he gets paid. And I hope that uh, I hope that, that leads to the, the community growing. And as long as it stays under his control, his and, and Zach's control, and nobody else's, then I think that it's still going to remain in safe hands and, and we're going to get continued development. And, hey, you know what? If he's eaten better, maybe, uh, I don't know if, I don't know how you can work on one project this long without getting burned out, but it sounds like he's still not. Eh, Who knows? Yeah, kudos. We talk each week so far, each week being three now. (laughs) We talk each, uh, each episode about our own fortresses. That lends me to ask you, Adam, do you play fortresses other than the ones that you're recording or is, or is honey stoker your fortress right now, period. That's it. That's all I've got. I wish I had time to play, you know, more dwarf fortress. Every once in a while, I'll start another fortress and play it for an hour or so. And, you know, I usually run it into the ground or get bored or you know do some stupid stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have time to run a, dedicated fortress really it takes me a long time you know when you start up and you gotta figure stuff out and it really takes hours and hours to actually play a fortress you know i don't have time for it 
doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I'm mm. like I said, I'm surprised that you can get what you get done, done, yeah. because it appears that you would need more hours in a day than 24 to. Yeah. So Roland, how's your uh, how's your dwarven world domination project going? Uh, it's it's going great so far. I punched some goblins and my squads vanished. That's fine. <laughs> You know, you have to take the draw breaks and. So, is there a story behind that? You punching the goblins and the and the squads vanishing? Not really, but there is this stuff that you can now send. Still not a master of that. I it it somehow works, but I'm not good at what I'm doing. You know, for some reason, a few of my squads came back. But then I found out that one of my squads is actually not being able to do what I want. So I cannot station them. I, I cannot say, kill this, kill that. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Are these squads that you have sent from your fortress off map to attack uh, attack the goblin strongholds? Yeah, Okay. exactly. And they uh, were supposed to be back now. And when I look into my military screen, it's full still of dwarves. But it uh, turns out every single dwarf is dead. And uh, they haven't really seen them dying, so they're not sure they're dead. So my military screen still thinks they're around, but they're not. And it's, it's weird. It's That's weird. Like a bug. Yeah, yeah. Have you run into anything like that, Adam? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, this is such a pain. The uh, the whole squad sending them out thing. Yeah, that could that can be a bit buggy. I know right at the end of Monster Killer, I had sent a squad out, and I forget what happened, but one of the members was basically locked in position on my map, and I couldn't do a blessed thing with them. They were just stuck there, slowly dying. And you know, I didn't bring it up in the video because, like, <laughs> I think it was like the last episode where it started happening, and. Um, you know, I couldn't really make much of it. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm ending it anyways. <laughs> it's frustrating. You know, if it had happened several hours before and I had a dwarf just in a catatonic state staring out at the desert, that might have bothered me a little bit, but I guess I got lucky with timing. <laughs> oh, like your Beastmaster in, uh, in Monster Killer. Yeah, that was, that was this near, I think that was near the beginning of Monster Killer where your, where your animal uh, handler yeah. basically went out to the desert and went into a trance and just sat there and dehydrated himself to death. Yeah, poor soul. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Dwarf work, just gotta love it. I have decided to take Roland's, uh, Roland's idea about the way he starts his world up and his, uh, his fortresses and, and run with that. So I created myself a brand new large world with a very with a short history it started my first fortress embarked at at year five and so it is now a new fortress in its first year i have 14 dwarves it is called umstiz call or sizzled wheels sizzled wheels sizzled wheels that was just the random name that was picked and and Mm -hmm. i liked it so i like that we're still, uh, I'm clearing out the first level. I've just made bedrooms and we are, uh, you know, just gearing up. We got our first uh, inbound set of seven dwarves 
that uh, that have uh, migrated in. And I think in, in about a month or two, we'll be getting our first our first caravan from the from the mountain home. So. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to to filling everybody in on the progress of um, Stizcall, Sizzled Wheels. <laughs> it's copyrighted. Oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't use that. Talk, I can't use that. No, okay. it's mine. Stizcall, Sizzled Wheels. We spoke about it earlier, but I want to explicitly ask everyone to drop a couple dollars in the coffer of Tarn and Zach Adams, if you can. The link to how to donate to them will be in the show notes. They have a Patreon, or you can go to bay12games.com, and there you can find links to donate. Everybody, get out and play Dwarf Fortress. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on to talk with us today. Anytime that you want to come back, the, the idea behind Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is that we would like to have people from the community on with each episode, not just be me and Roland talking back and forth. Yeah, it's excellent. Keeps it interesting. Yeah. So you are welcome anytime that you want to come on. Absolutely. This was a, it was pleasurable. I enjoyed it. Great, great. All right, Roland, you got anything for us? Um, no, I think I'm done. So, Adam, if people want to see your your content, how do they find you? On YouTube, you know, just search Krug Smash Dwarf Fortress. I'm sure you'll find something. And there's also KrugSmash.com that has lots of his artwork that is collected there, and it's just beautiful, so. Too damn kind. All right, so until next time, this is Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, and we hope you have a very pleasant Dwarby day. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section of this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music is Sky Q. Ellen, composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.com. You can find a link in the show notes. This is a shale podcast. All craft dwarfship is of the highest quality. It is encircled with bands of oval shale cabochons. And until next time, you bearded bastards.